0: Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. You'll find a link there at that website, Quipster.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at the final produced film, in fox's x-men series it's called dark phoenix it's a pg-13 rated film as are all the other ones in this series intense sequences of science fiction violence and action including some gunplay disturbing images and brief strong language are in the film the runtime is an hour and 53 minutes the main cast includes sophie turner of game of thrones fame james mcavoy michael fassbender jessica chastain makes her first appearance in a comic book movie, I believe, Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence, Ty Sheridan, Alexandra Shipp, Cody Smith McPhee, Evan Peters, and many others are in this film. The director and the screenwriter is Simon Kinberg. Kinberg here, he's taking over the directorial duties this time out. He's covering a lot of the ground that he's covered before. In his and also Zach Penn's screenplay to X-Men The Last Stand, that one took from one of the most popular story arcs in the X-Men comic book's history. That film, X-Men The Last Stand, has its share of detractors, though, including Kinberg himself, who has alluded to it as being a very weak entry in the series, and produced not at all in the way that he had originally intended— Kinberg did his part in scripting three of the X-Men films prior to this one. He knows these characters about as well as just about any screenwriter could, and now he has even more control over how to bring the vision that he has on paper to life by getting in the director's chair himself. Now, the plot to Dark Phoenix, initially it's set in 1992 after this prologue that begins with a tragic event in Jean Grey's childhood back in 1975. It continues with the first class set of mutants and involves a presidentially sanctioned trip into space by the X-Men in order to rescue the astronauts aboard a space shuttle. Jean Grey ends up committing an act of heroism in trying to keep the space shuttle together as the crew is rounded up to safety by the other X-Men. She ends up absorbing this massive wave of energy that should have easily taken her life, and she ends up surviving the ordeal in the end, much to everyone's relief, but something is a bit off with Jean. She finds herself with enhanced senses, and grows even more powerful than she ever had before. It all feels very exhilarating at first, but now she's become increasingly unstable, scared she's beginning to lose control to this new nature, and she begins this internal fight that's an even bigger match than the external one that involves her in a battle with fellow mutants who are trying to contain what is rapidly becoming the most powerful, perhaps even unstoppable mutant of all. Now, meanwhile, in what will turn out to be the film's worst element, at least I think so, it's revealed that this super powerful alien race led by an entity that has taken over the human body of Jessica Chastain's mostly anonymous character may be behind Gene's metamorphosis. This alien race seeks to make a connection with her to try to manipulate Jean into becoming the indomitable Godlike force that they have envisioned her to become in their effort to wreak havoc on an unsuspecting Earth. Jean finds herself becoming overwhelmed by the enemy within, and her unpredictability in her loyalties is now making her an enemy to all sides. So unfortunately, even with the second effort to make the Dark Phoenix saga right, Simon Kinberg here ends up taking the tale in Wrong directions. Truth be told, while Kimberg is a veteran of this series, only one of the three films he had a hand in, in terms of the screenplay, X-Men Days of Future Past, is considered one of the good ones. The Last Stand and X-Men Apocalypse are regarded as close to the bottom in terms of overall quality. I happen to be one of those people who still likes The Last Stand, though. I do agree that Apocalypse is bottom of the barrel. Now, why he would be given the keys to drive this vehicle outright and without any prior film experience before as a director is perhaps the biggest question mark on this decision for him to make Dark Phoenix. Perhaps we can just chalk it up to him being one of the producers, but it does take a bit of chutzpah to give oneself such a costly first effort. Even shining the best of lights on Dark Phoenix is going to reveal it to be an uneven endeavor, especially in terms of tone. If The Last Dan had horrific undertones to it but still maintained a definite grasp as an X-Men film, I think Dark Phoenix often feels like the X-Men were just injected into the horror plot of some sort of alternate universe film. Speaking of alternate universe, this new breed of X-Men films has had its share of continuity issues with the original trilogy all along, but Dark Phoenix doesn't even bother to pretend like it plans to be in the same universe anymore. In addition to the same storyline for Jean Grey happening at two different times in completely different ways between the series, the first one having been retconned out by the events of Days of Future Past, there's even the apparent death within Dark Phoenix of a character that is very much alive in the original series that is set in the future. The Professor X-led mutants of 1992 are also seen as heroes to the world, including the President of the United States instead of the scourge of the planet by traditional Homo sapiens, which once made Charles Xavier start his school for their protection, the Homo superior, as well as humanity's protection. Now, such cavalier disregard for this series that was firmly established by Days of Future Past as intending to be younger representations of the same characters is now completely jettisoned without much regard for the fan base that has supported the prequel ideas through thick and thin. And to add insult to injury, the often maligned disco-loving, at least originally, mutant known as Dazzler makes a small appearance here. She belts out a brand of pop music that is over 25 years ahead of its time in this 1992 setting which is by any measure a whole heap of embarrassing to behold in this film sophie turner though gives a strong performance as the internally struggling jean gray even if the writing itself doesn't really explore her role with the kind of depth that she's painting over with her ability to deliver convincing portrayals of a pained and conflicted and emotionally undernourished young woman with a traumatic past Kimberg does make an attempt to develop Jean Grey's character, but the only background that we're given is that there is this fatal accident in which Jean lost her mother due to her own act of recklessness. Fassbender and McAvoy are solid in roles that have become pretty old hat to them by now, although Jennifer Lawrence, who makes an appearance here, seems to be only reluctantly coming back for this effort. She said that she was done playing Mystique the last time out, but she was willing to give it a go if Simon Kimberg was the director and so he is. Nevertheless, she's showing almost none of the acting desire necessary to give her part in the presence that it once held in the past. She reassessed the situation and then came back for one more go round, figuring that fans wouldn't want to wonder why she disappeared for no explanation. And if there's an actor that's completely wasted, I think, in the acting department, it is Jessica Chastain, who's given this role that could have been played by just about anyone with a modicum of screen presence. And and if they had screen presence at all, they possibly could have even done a better job, at least at coming across halfway menacing, which Jessica Chastain really does not. The effects work in Dark Phoenix is fine. Even if the film feels like it contains less big action set pieces than we've seen in other recent X-Men efforts, I think the best aspect of the entire film is this captivating score that's credited to Hans Zimmer. Zimmer was convinced to come back to scoring superhero films after swearing them off following Batman v Superman, Kimberg wanted to recapture the more earthy feeling of the Dark Knight trilogy enough to bring back its composer. Zimmer ended up agreeing to come back. He gives the compositions just the right mix of superhero rhythms mixed with the more somber tones usually afforded to horror films, of which Dark Phoenix can be classified to a certain degree. While the score is the stuff of big epics, the scope of Dark Phoenix does come across as surprisingly standard for a team superhero film. Part of this may be due to Jean Grey being the primary focus rather than the entire team or an external force, but it's also a downplaying of the traditional X-Men majesty from Simon Kimberg. He claims to have been influenced by the more personal scale of Logan in downplaying the stylish qualities usually afforded a film in this franchise. And this one ends up lacking the vision of these large-scale, wide-open set pieces where something that feels cataclysmic happens. Dark Phoenix is at times claustrophobic in its approach. The climax of the film itself is a skirmish inside train cars, and while it is somewhat refreshing in contrast to what we've come to know and expect from this series, I do think that it still lacks a certain sizzle that we should all be feeling when we're witnessing this adaptation of this story that is so riveting in the comics that they ended up adapting it twice in the course of 13 films. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be a great film, apparently. Poor test screenings ended up pushing forward the film's release date by about half a year because they ended up having to do reshoots. That also appeared to have resulted in a somewhat fragmented storyline here, especially a redone ending completely, the original ending was meant to take place in space, but audiences didn't really feel that, and now they ended up shifting it to the aforementioned moving train. The ending, which incurred even more reshoots because it was tracking similarly to Captain Marvel in the way that it ends up, Captain Marvel ended up coming out first because of the delays, and now they had very similar endings and they didn't want to get criticized for that. It's particularly dissatisfying anyway because you have such a bombastic buildup, especially if you consider that this could be the last of this flavor of Fox X-Men films before it inevitably gets rebooted by Marvel now that Disney has taken over 20th Century Fox and its film properties instead of the continued exploration on the never-ending battle for acceptance by mutant kind or just a battle within jean grey to come to terms of whether she can maintain her desire to do good works with her powers while raging with feelings that are out of her control we get mutants battling a bunch of ostensibly invincible aliens who seem to have walked in from another movie property in a battle to save jean grey and or themselves The very end of the film is Kimberg's nod to his love for the end of The Dark Knight Rises, and unfortunately, this film does not really do good by making comparisons to much better works. So even attempts at homage end up falling flat. It's really hard to find much thematic resonance to leave the theaters with when you're given such a collection of perfunctory villains to have to have a major fight with, especially as this film wraps up shortly after the conflict without some way to tie the narrative together. And given the amount of screen time allotted to these beings, these aliens that we've never even heard of before and we're unlikely to ever see again... One can only wonder how much better Dark Phoenix might have been if it instead concentrated on the emotional components of Jean Grey's tragic art solely with this battle between Jean Grey with her godlike powers taking on every other mutant to the death while Professor Xavier tries to mind control her out of it on one side while Magneto ends up finding a way to try to take her out permanently by presumably killing her. That battle between rehabilitation and punishment for one's sins has been an ongoing debate for humankind since the beginning of incarceration, really. So it certainly would have been a much more interesting theme to explore here if Kimberg had wanted to continue the reflections on society and those who don't fit into it that the X-Men has always represented in comic form and in movie form. All in all, there may be enough here to recommend for diehard fans who've stuck with the series this far, but I don't think that this is the kind of film that will likely bring back those who've given up on the series since the departure of the original cast. It's certainly not going to gain any new converts at all. This is a diminishing returns kind of film. And while it's not the worst that we've seen, I think it's a tick or two above the dreadful X-Men Apocalypse, it is pretty obvious that the Fox version of the X-Men could really stand to benefit from the kind of complete overhaul that Marvel has been anxiously awaiting since they started— on their current venture into superhero films over a decade ago. So I'm going to give, overall, Dark Phoenix 2.5 stars out of 4. 2.5 stars on my scale means that I do think that it had the tools, it had the talent to actually be a film that I could recommend wholeheartedly to most people who like this kind of movie. However, I do think that it falls short because of its tonal problems as well as its narrative problems. It really is kind of a mess of a movie It has some intriguing elements to it, some good performances, that great score. Certainly, if it could just put all of it together with some sort of rhythm, a good movie could have been had here. But I think something is just a bit off. It got off on the wrong foot. Perhaps the reshoots were a big part of it, and it never quite coalesces into a unified thematic whole definitely one of the least satisfying of the x-men films as far as i'm concerned so two and a half stars is the best i can give dark phoenix thanks everyone for listening i hope that you enjoyed this review if you have your own thoughts on dark phoenix i do encourage you to seek me out at my website you can find my contact information there at quipster.net q-w-i-p-s-t-e-r.net while you're there you can also find the links to my twitter feed and facebook page where you can continue the conversation until next time thanks everyone and please enjoy your time Anytime you get to go to the movies. ¶¶